So Jonah 1, and then read them from verses 1 to 16. So Jonah 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. A captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered them, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they said, What have you done? They knew he was running away from them from the Lord, because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Okay. As I was saying, um, Jonah 1 to 6, I haven't read verse 17 because that's a bit of a spoiler for next week. All right. Um, um, I'm, I've been assigned Jonah 1, so um, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. Um, so, Jonah, one of the best known stories in the Old Testament. And I was thinking, mm, yeah, I think some people are just going to switch off. You know, Jonah, heard it all before. Um, but I urge you not to switch off, because for me, so I feel God said, don't assume that everybody knows things about these stories. Um, and this came to me when I'm, 
I was listening to a chap called Lintz who's got a, a pop group called LZ7 and they go around the schools um, and they do a concert and then they sometimes do a class and, and um, he said that he was in this class and he was taking this class and he just mentioned David and Goliath and he saw some blank faces and he said, put your hands up if you heard of David and Goliath. Not one, not one child in that classroom had heard of David and Goliath. So don't assume that people... So I'm not assuming you know anything about Jonah. All right? And then from your point of view, don't think you know it all. All right? That's not meant to be offensive. But, <laughs> but um, for instance, if I said to you... Um, if we have that um, slide up, yeah, which one have we... Trying to get it to work. Don't, don't matter. Oh, it's the beach scene again. We'll whiz through that quickly. Don't forget about the riptides. Okay, so Jonah. So, oh, <laughs> gone too far. Now, if I said to you, James Bond, car, most of you would say Aston Martin. Probably DB5, yeah? You'd all know that James Bond drove an Aston Martin DB5. Probably the one of the most famous cars in the world. Did you know what the DB stands for? David Brown, yeah. He was... I don't think this thing's working. Can we go on to the next slide, Alan? There we go. That's a David Brown tractor. That's where David Brown... Well, he grew up in an engineering firm, and he made his money making tractors. And in 1947, he bought Aston Martin, and he decided to name the cars after himself, as you would if you had a car firm. I would. It would be the Sherwood... Screamer or something. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Um, but so, yeah, don't think you know it all because there might be something that you don't know that um, comes out. So don't switch off. You may learn something new about an old story. So um, a little bit of background about Jonah. Um, that's, that's, the, that's the map of roughly where he was. Um, Jonah was mentioned in 2 Kings 14, and so because of that we can date him as living about 750 years before the birth of Jesus. Um, he's actually mentioned by Jesus three times in the Gospels, very rare thing. Um, Jonah in Hebrew, the, the, name, the Hebrew name Jonah means dove, um, and we associate dove with peace. Um, we're told that he comes from Gath Hefer, which is up there between the Sea of Galilee and Mount Carmel. Um, and as you can see from that map, from Gath Hefer where he was to Nineveh is about 750 miles northwest. Tarshish, where he went, he was told to go to Nineveh, but he went to Tarshish, is about 2,000 miles in the opposite direction. In fact, in, it's about as far as he could get in the known world. It was considered to be sort of as far as you could get away that direction in the known world because they hadn't yet gone over the Atlantic. So, let's have a look at um, this passage and, and see, what, see what I've learned and hopefully I can pass something on to you. So, the first thing I want to um, look at is that um, 
God has a heart for reconciliation. Reconciliation, rebuilding relationships. Um, and we, we know, we often think that God is a killjoy, um, especially if you look at the Old Testament, you think he's a, he's a God who just likes destroying things and punishing people and punishing wrongdoers. Well, he does, and he will punish wrong because he is a just God. But his, he longs for reconciliation with the human people. Um, and if that wasn't so, then I don't think the main point in history, the main focus would be the fact that he sent his son Jesus to earth so that we could be reconciled to him. So Jesus sent out disciples to preach to the Jews and God had been doing that since the beginning. He'd been sending prophets to speak his word to the Jews. But he also um, wanted people to go and speak to the, the wicked Gentiles um, millions have grabbed that opportunity. Millions upon millions. Um, so Jonah was a bit like a, a foretaste of that. God wanted... He did, God, uh, Jonah was a prophet to the Israelites, but God wanted him to go to the Gentiles in Nineveh. Um, so, you know, God, we can see that God has a heart for reconciliation. And Jesus confirmed that in Matthew 28 when he famously said, um, go into all nations and make disciples of all nations. Go into the world and make disciples of all nations. So God has a part for people to be reconciled to him. No one is unworthy. Um, Jonah probably felt that about the, Syri the Assyrians in Nineveh. They were, a, they were the dominant force at the time. They had an empire. They were uh, marauding over and they were not the best people to have a fight with. And they, Jonah obviously didn't, didn't think, either didn't think they were worthy or he just didn't want to get involved with, with such a violent people. But God wanted to send someone to these Assyrians to let them know that he wanted them to turn from their wicked ways and come to him. And God wants that for all of us. He wants all of us to come to him. And as I said, no one is unworthy. And um, he wants us, because we are effectively God's messengers now. Um, he wants us to reach out to all. And that is easier said than done, I must admit. Um, I often think it's very easy to say these words, but there are people, I'm, uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one, who you find it, you've got people who you find it very difficult to get on with. And um, sometimes you're quite pleased when you can leave that situation. <laughs> it's, um, it's, I'm sure it's not just me. Um, but I quite often think, just imagine if that person appeared at the church door and you're thinking, well, God, this is a real challenge for me. You know, that. But God says he wants us to reach out to all people. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. 
Okay, so God has a heart for reconciliation. Secondly, Jonah, I always think he gets a lot of bad press. You know, you think of Jonah, you think, oh, he ran away. And then, another spoiler, a bit later on, <laughs> when the Ninevites come, come round to God, he thinks, oh, why have they done that? And he gets really grumpy with God because they've done what he asked them to do. Um, so Jonah gets bad press. But I'd like to um, be a bit encouraged by Jonah. Um, for a start, God, people uses who... Um, God uses people who fail, and we'll look at that a little bit later. But I want to big up Jonah. I want to give him some credit. And I'll just take you back to chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Let's listen again to what the Bible says. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. Did you get that? Jonah was listening to God. And he heard God, and he understood what God wanted him to do. All right, he didn't particularly take it well once he heard that, but he was listening to God. He was in tune with God. He got the message. Um, quite often we hear people saying, oh, I'm seeking the Lord. And that's a great thing to do. But it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to know when the Lord is speaking to you, when he's telling you to do something. But Jonah got that. So he was... You might, say, you might say, well, he was a prophet. He should be doing that. But he was listening to God. He was in tune with God. He got the message. So Jonah was doing something right. Um, we're not told how he managed that, um, whether he fasted, whether he went to a quiet place, whether he immersed himself in the Scriptures, probably all three, probably other things as well. But he was in tune and, um, you know, again, we might say, well, he's a prophet. He's a prophet. We expect that. You know, he should be doing that. But he was God's messenger. And we are all God's messengers. If we're followers of Jesus, we are God's messengers. So we should be in tune with God. We should be listening to him to find out what he wants us to do. Um, so... How in tune are we with God? That's the second question. Okay, let's move on. Thirdly, Jonah acted on the message. He didn't ignore it. He didn't just hope it would go away. He acted on it. Now, he didn't, I wouldn't say he acted on it in the correct manner. He actually ran away. And as we've mentioned earlier, he went as far away from the message that he got as he possibly could. Um, he, but he did something. He, he, he ran away. And God said, okay, you're going to try and run away from, Jonah, from me, Jonah. But you can't. You can't run from God. We can't run away from God. If God asks us to do something, we ought to do it. And Jonah ran away, but he was stopped in his tracks. As we heard in the story, um, a great storm stopped the boat from going to Tarshish. And it all played out that they worked out who was to blame. And Jonah was there, he was to blame. And he knew it. He virtually says, you know, the sailors confront Jonah, and he virtually says, 
Okay, that's a fair cop. Yeah, it's me. Save yourselves. Throw me overboard. I'm no good to anybody. Just, just get rid of me. Throw me overboard. I've let the Lord down. Now, do we ever feel like that? I know I do. Um, if God has asked you to do something, or he's asked you to stop doing something, um, and we failed him, we've either ignored it, or we've run away, or we've tried and failed, well, take heart, because God can still use you, even in the unlikeliest way. Jonah, for instance, is thrown overboard to what he thinks is a watery end, and he thinks, that's it, I've let God down, that's the end. But above, above, the, above the sea, where the boat was, several, we're not told how many, but I should imagine there's several hardened sailors turned to God. They feared God. They, they, they came to know God through what Jonah had done. One reason. And that is um, why I think the Bible is so encouraging to us failures. He uses people who fail for his glory. Jonah was used, and not only was it when he was underneath the water and the sailors feared God because they saw that God stopped the storm, but later on, and, and in following weeks, you will hear various ways in which Jonah was used. Um, again, I don't want to give any spoilers away, even, even though you may well know the story. But the, the Bible makes it clear that God can use people who fail for his glory. And when you think back through that Bible stories, you think of Moses, who God used to take the Israelites out of Egypt. Moses was a killer. Joseph, who um, was, was spoilt and vain. Peter, who denied knowing Jesus. And David, who was consumed with his lust for Bathsheba. All these people failed, yet they had the chance with God to put things right. And God can use you, whether you've done something wrong, whether you've not done something that God's asked you to do, God can still use you. Don't feel despondent and downhearted. God has a heart for reconciliation. We can get right with God. And God can use you. So, let's just have a quick um, reminder of those three points. God has a heart for reconciliation. Get in tune with God, as Jonah did at the start of the story. And do what God says, even if it's not at the first time of asking. Amen. Okay, now we're going to uh, finish our service this morning by singing again, um, Your glorious cause, O Lord. And the, the, the chorus goes, Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. And that is something we sing to God, but God is also asking us to help him with. He's asking us to forward that, bring that kingdom forward by doing what he said. So let's stand and sing, Your glorious cause, O Lord.
Your kingdom come.